Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being on the show. We are here from a different room. Yes, 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 yes. Been busy all getting all these things, these these videos processed for you from where again? From Netroots Nation. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. How are my peeps doing? My peeps seem to be doing just fine. On In the house, we have already, para ver, para ver, para ver. We have el señor AVQ. We have el señor AVQ says, hello, Netroots. AVQ says, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. We have Bridge MCP is in the house. We also have, and I have a smaller screen, so bear with me as I call these things out. You know how that goes sometimes. We also have Bridge with two long messages that I'll read subsequently. All right, let's see what else we got here, folks. Where are all my peeps? Are all my peeps coming in early? All right, audio, video, good. This is a new spot. Yes, sir. Cooler room, Egberto Willis. Yes, Lee Grant is in the house as well, and he says, Hi, y'all, from hot Texas. It's burning up. Yes, the place is burning up, folks. The place is burning up. Anyway, Bridge MCP says the following. Florida Board of Education's new guideline implies slavery benefited black people. The newly approved guidelines under fire by several civil rights groups. The Florida Board of Education new standards dictated how black history will be taught in public schools includes a provision implying that enslaved African-Americans learn skills for their own personal benefit. The guidelines approved on Wednesday has come under fire from civil rights advocates who've called them a sanitized and dishonest telling of the history of slavery in America. Our children deserve nothing less than the truth. Justice and the equity of our ancestors shed blood, sweat, and tears for Derek Johnson, president and CEO, said for Derek Johnson, president and CEO of the NAACP, said in a statement, it is imperative that we understand that the horrors of slavery and Jim Crow were a violation of human rights and represent the darkest period in American history. Two of the most contentious inclusions in the board's current guidelines include instruction for high school students about several race massacres, including the 1921 bombing of Black Wall Street and the 1920 Aussie massacre. Most include acts of violence perpetrated by African-Americans and middle schoolers must learn about how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Can you believe that crap? You know, it's funny because my niece called me irate this afternoon. Uh, she saw, she just saw that news and she called irate. And she said, what are we going to do? Why do we allow that? And I said, stop. First of all, the reason this has occurred is that we dropped the ball. We allowed these right-wing nutcases including right-wing racists to dominate these board education boards. And what do you think they're going to do? They're going to sanitize history. They're going to create revisionist history. And that's what they're doing. And then she said, it's like we're losing the battle. And for me, it's like, no, we're not losing the battle. We have ceded the battle. In other words, what we have got to do is if we are going to make a change, we are going to have to Yes, we're going to have to wait two years. We're going to have to instruct outside of school what real history is. But in the interim, what we want to do is to ensure that the next election, we don't make the mistakes that we made before. All right? Let me be clear. 
let me be clear. This is something. This is something that's been planned. It's been decades long in the planning. And that they were they persevered and they did it over and over again till they got their mission. And you know why they got their mission? We ceded it to them. But there's still time. There's still time. Second run from Bridge MCP says, through all this, there's only one consistency. Republicans want to avoid holding Trump accountable for anything, holding uh, anything. They are willing to go to any length to avoid the facts in their impeachment or any criminal case. There is always an excuse. Ignore the facts and attack the process and the procedure. Let me see. if Did I did I uh, get? Yeah. In, in procedure. I thought I missed something before I started reading that. OK. And continuing. There is always an excuse to ignore the fact. Uh, and attack the process or procedure at hand. The bad part of them is that those facts won't go away. The facts, number one, Republicans are getting that the investigation into Trump began before he declared his candidacy. It's not about him running for office. This, number two, this isn't the Democratic Party running a witch hunt. Christopher Ray was appointed as head of the FBI by whom again? Donald Trump. Three, if declaring a run for the presidency were to negate a criminal investigation, then everyone could avoid prosecution by a for a crime by simply declaring as a candidate for president. Number four, former leaders uh, do not get a get out of jail card for crimes because they once led the government. Holding him accountable doesn't represent a two tier justice system. Five, the facts in the 49 page indictment are damning. They're not a conviction. They're not only an accusation, but they are accusation backed by a mountain of facts, facts that are sourced through his own staff, loyalists, advisors, lawyers. And in his own words, the media woke up, woke people and the Democratic Party had to be bearing any of it. The Democrats media or the woke mob are not prosecuting Trump. He is being prosecuted by an independent judiciary and a prosecutor who is literally an independent voter beholden to no party. The judge will consist of people from all walks. Up till now, Trump has been shown more deference and been handled with kid kind of kid gloves that no one else I can think of. The process could not have been more fair. In fact, in fact, in fact, let's repeat. In fact, the justice system has bent over backwards for Donald Trump. Absolutely so. Continuing with our reading, let's see what we got here. Lee Grant is in the house. He says, some slaves certainly did learn skills. How can you deny this? And some masters also learned skills from the slaves. You want to start enumerating them? The cotton gin, the, the way they formed, all these were skilled, skills that the slaves brought to the masters. You know what is something, uh, Lee Grant? Learning is, is, is uh, multidimensional, multicultural, etc. So when you say, oh, the masters taught the slaves certain things, true. The slaves, though, taught the masters a whole lot of things. The slaves taught the masters how to, coach, how to cosechar, how to, how to till the land. A lot of what the masters learned were from the slaves. The, slaves, the masters learned the art of several ways of preparing the foods that sustained them. So, uh, I, you know, the, the, the fact is this, uh, Miss Brother Grant. The fact is this, a lot of folks like to give the impression that what we have is somehow 
Western culture is superior to all other cultures, when Western culture is one of the cultures that takes a bit from just about every culture it encounters, it is important. It is important. And I'm glad, actually, Lee, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it is very important for Americans to understand the reality. Yes, yes. The masters taught the slaves certain things that were cultural to the masters. The slaves taught the masters many things that were not only cultural to their lands, but allowed these masters to enrich themselves on the back and the energy and the forces of the slaves. So before my brother Grant, before you buy the white supremacist theology, understand that in a in a world, we all benefit from each other. That's what it's all about. So when you make the statement, my brother, some slaves certainly did learn skills. Please add in that sentence as well. In fact, I'd like you to write that sentence over to show that you understand what I'm saying, my brother. Some slaves certainly did learn skills. And some masters amassed a whole lot of new skills from what the slaves brought to them. But let's add a bit. Absent the slaves, masters would not have amassed the wealth that they built on the backs of the slaves. Free labor. That wealth that they carried down generation after generation now is wealth that is owed to the slaves for the work they did for free. So when you're talking about slaves and these issues, if you really want to get into the, if you really want to go into details and see who benefited who, remember, absent these slaves, they would have never made it. Absent the indigenous who saved the butts of the pilgrims and many others, they would not have made it. So let's, let's get it straight. We are all interdependent and we have always been interdependent. Some more so than others. So uh, I would love for you to rewrite that sentence, Brother Grant, in a more, in a more fact-based, more humane-based manner. Tom C. says, big storm just blew through uh, mid-Michigan. Lots of rain this summer. Moderating temps. Better than being in a heat dome like the South and the West. I agree. I concur. Bridge MCP seemed to have answered Lee as well. She says, again, Lee, not the point. I guess slave owners learn how to beat, rape, and hang people, which they did, right? I mean, I always tell people when you start making stuff, look back. Bridge, MCP, and now Mike Cisak has a message for Bridge. She says, uh, and by the way, Rudnan is right. There's absolutely no defense for slavery, full stop. There's nothing benevolent out of slavery, full stop. Mike Cisak says, Bridge, MCP, the facts are all the crap thrown at Trump was created by Democrats and those appointed by Obama, Obama in the administrative state, all of which was false. None of them have faced the consequences of the abuse of power they all did in going after Trump. I would love for you to tell me what do you think, what particular thing do you think Democrats did to Trump? What specific thing did Democrats do to Trump? You see, Mike CSAC, one loses credibility when one creates stuff out of thin air. Donald Trump is a crook. Donald Trump has always been a crook. Donald Trump has always ripped people off. Donald Trump wealth, Trump's wealth 
is what has gotten him off all these years. But I have to uh, hurry because I got quite a few videos to show my brothers and sisters. All right, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? Lee Grant says slavery is certainly immoral, but there are many factors that impinge on people. American blacks have a higher standard of living, higher income, better education than blacks anywhere in the world. That partially is not true. That if, if you look at it in the aggregate, if you look at Nigeria and you say, okay, the average black in Nigeria has more wealth than the average black in, uh, all right, the average black in America has more wealth than the average black in Nigeria, I would say yes. But here's what you missed. The wealth in Nigeria has the same problem that we have here in the United States, wealth disparity. There are richer black people in Nigeria than you could possibly have here in the United States. Let's go one step better. Nigerians in America. So if we wanted, if we wanted to equate wealth and superiority, Nigerians in America are the wealthiest sect in this country, white or anybody else. Nigerians are wealthier than everybody else. Uh, you can look it up and verify that for me, Radnin, but I, I, that stats, I think it still holds true today, but it was the reality for a long time. So all of that about the standard of living of black people in America is better than other places. We also have to remember what colonialism has decimate, done to Africa. It has decimated it. We're now talking, many people in Africa are now talking about the, the United States of Africa because there are, more there are more mineral resources in Africa that the Western world depends on. If they were to decide that they wanted to take it on on their own, they could. So let's be aware. Let's be careful what we ask for because we may get it. Alberto uh, Willis, slave owners also got reparations. Exactly right, Bridge. Thank you for reminding us. Daniel Ledo says, Western civilization is superior for one reason, liberty for the common man. Uh, you think Western civilization is the only one that does that? You need to study history, my brother. Really bad. E2247, welcome aboard. Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard. Uh, as well as Eric Hayes, CSAC says, so does that mean millions of white people should also get reparations because they were slaves too? If you think white people were slave again, that is what happens when you get uh, when you don't learn critical thinking or, or or learn about history correctly. If you really believe that, uh, media Michael Rodden, why Nigerian immigrants are one of the most successful ethnic groups in the United States? Exactly right, uh, Rodden, for finding. I know I could depend on you. Anyway, let's go to our first uh, our first activist, Analilia Mejia. She's a beautiful woman who really gave a hell of an interview. She's in one of the activists of activists that I spoke about. Let's take a look at that, and then we'll take it on the other side, my brothers and my sisters. We kind of a little bit late. I'm going to have to say, please introduce yourself. My, I'm you are? Well, my name is Analia Mejia. Analia Mejia. Oh, executive director for the Center for Popular Democracy. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. I, I I know that you guys are doing important work, but more most importantly, you are centralized on three issues that actually affect many BIPOCs. And these three issues are housing, mm -hmm. the environment, and I forget the third. I mean, frankly, we work on issues 
issues that impact working class, working poor people right. across this country. So housing, access to health care, all the building blocks that allow us to right. thrive. And wait a minute, I need ooh, to give you know <laughs> here here we are. So we just jumped we right just in. We just jumped right in. We so let, let's go ahead right and start and again and by okay. so, and we're live by the way. Okay, okay? great. Well so Hey, y'all. Yeah. Mademoiselle Mejia. Yes. Tell us a little bit about who you represent and what you're doing. Okay. So the Center for Popular Democracy is a network of base building, power building organizations across the country. It's 48 organizations in 38 states in Puerto Rico and D.C. And our focus is the building blocks Uh that allow communities to thrive. So you were saying affordable housing, access to health care, access to education. um, And more importantly, political power, governing power. I love that. What we're about is if you are expected to adhere to the the rules of society, to the rules of our government, and you are not allowed to help shape them, then that's a bony deal. Exactly. Exactly. And our when we talk about governing power, it is more than just showing up on election day and being, you know, sheep on GOTV, how some candidates like to treat our communities, but rather we want to show up for for the issues that matter for us on election day. And then we need those, those who we get elected to right. show up for us exactly. every other day. After you've elected them. Exactly. Right. In fact, no, I would say we need them to show up on our issues during the campaign trail. Actually, you know, you're right about that because too often they come, they think they mm-hmm. have the vote, they leave and mm-hmm. they're never back. Mm-hmm. Or they're afraid to yeah. talk about the issues that are keeping our families exactly. up at night. Exactly. And you know what? If you're too scared to talk about racism, you're too scared to talk about sexism, you're too scared to talk about the systemic injustice that happens in this country, then maybe you are too scared to govern and I, you shouldn't you know, get elected. And you know what? And, and that is the issue. They, they always say, let's get through this election. Yes. Wait. Yes. Wait. We're coming, yeah. to, we're coming to help you, but yes. we need to make, you know, we are always appeasing a particular mm-hmm. sect. Exactly. We're appeasing a particular sect yes. at your expense mm-hmm. for something that never ultimately comes through. Exactly. So what is your group doing to let folks know that they're already empowered to do what they need to do. So first and foremost, let me share with your audience that, you know, there are different types of organizations um, actually present here at Mm -hmm. at Netroots. You have organizations that are perhaps um, service organizations. They provide a service to members of the community. You have other organizations that perhaps are advocacy organizations. They advocate on behalf of a community. Right. What we do is we build power with people. I don't need to, you don't need a strong leader. You need the information to be able to engage. So first and foremost, let's, let's be clear. We have a system of representative government. That means that when we turn out and participate, people get elected. And when we don't, they don't. Exactly. Right. First and foremost. Second, there's power beyond election day. Right. There are city council meetings, county meetings. There are people who are deciding right now right. the trillions of dollars that are getting poured across right. our country around IRA. Yes. And showing up in city council meetings, county meetings, state legislative yes. meetings. That's how we're going to be able to win those resources into our community. You have to show up. You have to show up. You got to show up. But in order to show up well, right. you need the 
information. So our base building, power building organizations across the country, this is New Georgia Project. This who got uh, the first first senator elected in in Georgia. Or Lucha, who has been building the political power of communities of color in Arizona for some time and every day making greater traction. Or Detroit Action, a part of the magic that has happened in Michigan to Uh flip those state legislative yes so those organizations Mm -hmm. are available to us right are a center in which we can engage and build our political power so that we have governing power in america i I like that first of all i love your energy and if you and if you can throw that energy out there to la gente (laughs) let me tell you something so here's the deal uh what about minnesota were you guys participants in minnesota as well so we have an affiliate called take action minnesota were they involved because minnesota got a one vote away from uh not not being a what you call it, state, and they got so much lit come 400, over yeah. 400 years of... Um, it's it's yeah. incredible. It is the power of when our communities yes. are... Uh, honestly, uh, our communities have been participating right. from the beginning, even despite all the hurdles. Right, right. But it is when we act in unison. It is when we organize that right. magical things happen. Here's the other thing I would say to your folks, why this moment mm-hmm. matters in particular. Right. When we look at the history of this nation and moments in which black and brown people have gained governing power, let's say right after the Civil War and Reconstruction, Reconstruction when you have over 2,000 black men, once black men are given the vote, over 2,000 black men get elected into Into, office. Not only uh, federal, but state as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What do we get? Public education. Right. We get investments in our communities. We get um, bargaining power for for farmers or for the formerly the formerly enslaved. Yeah. And what? How is that governing power met? It is met resistance. by resistance, resistance, by a clapback that mm-hmm. takes shape in right. three key ways. Yeah. Violence. Right. Systemic disenfranchisement. Yes. Or machinations. Yeah. And a Supreme Court that, that rules against and, and, the and people. The undemocratic yes. Supreme Court. Because we know that yes. the Supreme Court is the only part of right our here. government yes. that isn't a democracy. So you know what I'm about to say, right? Let's finish it. Well, let's take a moment and consider where we're at right yeah. now. We have state section violence. Right. We have a Supreme Court that has been taken over yes, and that is actively complicit in systematically disenfranchising yes. the black, black and brown people yes. and our political power. And you see it over and over and over again. It's not just Reconstruction and now. Think about what happened after the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. The same thing. When, when our communities lift up their voice, Mm -hmm. act in unison, 
and work on behalf of our collective interests. And this isn't about black, brown, white. Well, well you know, it, what is funny is the following. Mm -hmm. when, when things go right for BIPOCs, it goes, it goes right, right for, for everybody. everybody. Because the people included yes, there are those right. poor people, poor white that's folks right. in Appalachia that's and right. all. Because nobody cares about them Say but it us, twice. Right? Say it twice. When, when we, when we right. pay attention to folks on the margin, right. we uplift all communities. And here's the thing: this people who are on the margins yes. are also the margin of victory. Egg. You know, <laughs> egg, imagine that, right? Yeah. Imagine uh, that. Who knew? So, if so we only knew that. The, the thing about it is mm -hmm. that is what has to be taught yeah, because right. uh, those folks that are on the margin and and, mm -hmm. and and I hate to say, but specifically like folks in Appalachia that continues mm -hmm. to vote against your interests, uh, and for for those folks that are BIPOC as well that allow themselves to be coerced, not into voting wrong, but simply not voting at all or not making the effort to vote. That is what has to be So part, part of what is, what, at least my perspective yeah. is that our communities, there's mm -hmm. so I mean, daily existence, right. when you are trying to keep body and soul together, right. when you are trying to uplift your, raise your family without right. a safety net, without the resources that we all right. know we need to thrive. As we said, those building blocks right. of power, then of course, you don't have the space to to actually, to critically analyze the information exactly. that's coming in. Or... And, and to add to that, we have, you started to say, we need to, we need that information. We need to teach that information. It is exactly the reason why there is this wholesale rejection of critical race theory. Education. Of, you know, don't say gay. Yes. All of these things, they are, they, it is a Burning, two- Burning, books. It is a two-pronged approach. And you know, if, if you've learned false history all your life, Cristobal Colón mm -hmm. era buena persona. Mm -hmm. Christopher mm -hmm. Columbus yes. was a yes. great guy. Yes. And, and, and AJ, a, a Christopher Columbus was a great guy. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, wait, anybody who said, well, let's, let's put it into some perspective. Mm -hmm. We're not even saying, we're not even telling the fool. Mm -hmm. To bring you down completely. Yes. Let's let's just tell the story yeah, and you decide. Honest. Let's be honest. Let's about be honest. Thomas Jefferson. Right. George Washington. Yes. Our founding fathers. Tell the story. Who were who struggled. Right. With the cognitive dissonance. Right. Of pushing for freedom and owning human beings. Exactly. And they chose. To strike a deal, exactly. To build a republic on the backs of black people—that I mean, happens. I mean, and 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 that somebody want, doesn't want that to be taught. You know, I mean, learn that we had our deficiencies, mm -hmm. and we lived and went past them. Yes. It's not all that difficult. That's right. And you know, but the truth—the problem is this: the truth makes people. Uh, when they don't have the truth, they can feel superior. Yes. But if you know the truth, you realize, guess what? We're all just damn human beings. That's right. That's, That's right. all we are. That's human right. beings, flawed as we come. That That is right. And we are, speaking of being human beings, it is, it behooves human beings right. for us to figure this out in this moment because we are not 
going to have a livable planet. Exactly. We are not going to have an actual Housing. democracy. We are not going to survive what is coming right. to human beings on this planet right now because the threat of food insecurity, water insecurity, an uh, unlivable planet will result in violence. It is amazing how many fail to see it. Yes. yes. It's amazing. It behooves us to figure it out. It is it is the most I mean we talk about what is the most existential or the most critical fight that right. we must engage in and I think it is at this moment it is educating and connecting and organizing across communities to start to, to be frank we need to prioritize people over capital over money oh my god why, why are you going to open <laughs> uh, another line of discussion well, young you lady know, you know let's I mean, why are you going to do... Why are I mean, we, we can land the plan gonna, and do Why are we going to talk about capital now? You know that you must watch my program. I, I most certainly... Let me tell you something. What is amazing mm -hmm. to me yeah. is that we have, in this nation, we have uh, we have an aversion. We like to, to reject the... Or some of us, right. some of the powerful, like to reject the idea of collective goods. Thank you. Right? And, and we denounce it as socialism or we denounce it as un-American. Right. And we say capitalism is, you know, unhindered right. will set us free. Well, first of all, capitalism left to its own devices sold people. Yes. Let's not forget. And the bottom line is that our humanity, like, I don't eat money. Right. Right. I don't breathe money. No. My children will not You thrive. can't eat it. No, you cannot. Yeah. So if we are prioritizing, mm -hmm. if we're allowing by our silence, by our lack, lack of activism, or by not calling the question on elected officials who are very content to prioritize their, their fundraising. Right to their constituents, right. then all we are doing is putting all of us in peril. History has told us that that is what will happen. This movie, we have seen this movie before. We know how it yes. ends. And it is the moment for us to act. And in the past, what got us out is organizing. And that is what is going to make it happen again. Ooh, I see we have uh, we, we, royalty we, in the, in the we, house. We have royalty in the house. <laughs> well, you know. Come on in. I well, think no, I'm going to No, 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 no. Wait, oh, let, okay. let, let's close. We're coming right now, Maurice. Uh, let, let me tell you, first of all. Yes. It, has been my pleasure, Ms. Oh, Mejia, to speak to you. And awesome. we, we have you. to do this again because yeah. very few people understand these concepts in the aggregate. Well, they, I, they feel it. Well, you're about to have fire. Come I know at I'm about you, to have so, fire. They so. feel it. But you know what? You bring it. Well, I Thank appreciate you so it. Thank you so much. For having been Thank on you politics so much. Oh, right. well, I appreciate you know, the, it. The, yep, yep. That I got there. it. And you know, it. we'll, we, we got to talk again because that's a very important right. subject and we need Let's to it. move it forward. Okay. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead. Number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share.
All right, folks, I hope you like that. I see the conversation is going very, very strongly in the chat room. Keep it going. We have another good video, this time from our own PDR Posse member who went to Netroots Nation with me. I think you guys are going to love Bruce's interview. Check it out, and then we'll again take it on the other side. Lo vamos a tomar en el otro lado. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Bruce Pollard. How are you doing this afternoon? It's great this, to, this morning. Yeah, it's great to be here, Egberto, in Chicago, where it's uh, cooler than uh, than Houston. Uh, it's definitely cooler than Houston. Well, look, this is your first Netroots. Uh, I know you did the online Netroots before, yeah, but this yeah. is the first Netroots that you're doing in person. You got a chance to do a few breakouts so far, I think right? Yeah, and I, I and they had a um, they had a like a, a opening session uh, yesterday uh, working on how you uh, develop a, a plan if you're going to ha have something to uh, a goal that you want to do with your activism. And um, I got some good things. It's interesting because it's a lot like what I do um, in my profession as an IT architect, uh -huh. where you set goals and you get a strategy and then you come up with some tactics and then you find ways of measuring it. And but they've got it step by step by step for everybody to follow. And they've got great examples. For example, how do we get the voters out? I know. But by the way, before before you continue, I want you to know that that is just a, a camera, an emergency camera. This oh. is a real camera right there. But I'd always do that. But anyway, Bruce, so in, in coming to your first Netroots, and I know you haven't gone to the bazaar or you haven't gone to any of these other things, just a few breakouts. Is it meeting your expectation thus far? Um, yes. And I actually, I think the biggest thing that it impressed me so far is the... Um, the warmth of the people that you interact with. Right. And the fact that they have the same problems that you have, but they have the same commitments. Right. And um, I think out of that comes solutions. And this is one of those things. If the whole world was that way, right, we would be solving some of the big problems that we got. You know, like you and I, I think you and I spoke about this several times, and that is my optimistic being in that I, I think there's something that we can trigger in people to get there. And a lot of the breakouts that we have here are science-based breakouts as far as not not brainwashing people, but convincing people to look at particular issues. Have you been to any of those yet? Or no, no. I, um, there are some this afternoon that are are, are focused on that. Right. And so, I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm glad that you saw that there's a certain warmth that comes in these types of environments. But secondly, that out of the warmth can come more than just a good feeling that you can go out here and get something done. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm these days worried about sustainability. Mm -hmm. And um, I have more faith today than I did yesterday that that there are people who are going to help us sustain things and, and keep uh, keep things going for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that you feel that way. The fact that you said from yesterday to today and just seeing the interaction, right. the amount of people that are doing this kind of work, because as you you haven't been down been to see all that's right. going on down there, but when you go out and see the amount of organizations that are doing many things, for those of us that are listening to this on podcast or listening to this at KPFT or on the radio or Pacifica, wherever, 
the thing about it is getting started from a positive attitude and not only that engaging everybody somebody like bruce who has been an activist in houston for quite some time coming here on the national stage really makes a difference what's your plans uh, uh throughout throughout this this entire event well i think i'm just gonna learn all through the the event um, what's going on and i'm really impressed that there are people who I mean, their entire life, and like yours, but their entire life is is committed to um, to to improving or towards even offering a product which other people can use um, to to uh, achieve their goals. Well, let me tell you, Bruce. Um, knowing you back in Houston, everywhere I can tell you that you are a bona fide activist and the work that you are doing and the work that you are supporting throughout these different avenues, whether it be with, uh, you told me to use the right term, gun safety, safety. Yep. gun safety, uh, environment and all the other issues yep. you care about. Uh, it's people like you that we need to replicate. So for all of those that are listening here, uh, as what we want to ensure is that the good naturedness of folks like Bruce and others, yeah. we grow that onto yeah. society. We got to learn how to walk the walk instead of just talking the talk. I'm going to end it right there. Walk the walk instead of setting it. Walk the walk instead of talking the talk. There you go. Bruce Pollard, it's been my honor to be with you, sir. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, that is our one and only Bruce Pollard. Before I go to the other video, let me see if there's anything here that I need to answer specifically, meaning addressed to me. And since I haven't, I don't see anything particularly addressed to me, I will go ahead and play Kamau. Kamau is a good friend of mine from Atlanta, Georgia. He's doing some work in a selective uh, area. Let's go ahead and bring Kamau into the fold, and then we'll take it as usual on the other side. Just saw you in passing, Kamau yes, yes. Franklin. I feel like I know you from a we, long time. Welcome we to Politics know. Done Right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, um, come on a little closer come because close. okay. I need to get you in, in the thing. Okay, let's start All this right, again. Here we go. All right, Kamal Franklin, activist from Atlanta, Georgia, and beyond. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, my brother. How are you feeling? I am doing fine. What are you doing here at Netroots? Well, I was invited to come speak on a couple of panels dealing with the issues of domestic terrorism uh -huh. in Cop City. Uh, they paid my way, so I came on down. Well, yeah. you know what? We need we need your voice out here like we need, uh, need the voices of folks who are out there on the ground doing the work. You're a lawyer by trade. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about yourself before we get into your works. Sure. So I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I've been an organizer for over 30 years, mostly doing grassroots organizing. You're right. For about 10 years, I practiced law, civil rights, contracts, criminal law. But my heart has always been in grassroots uh, organizing. Developed an organization called Community Movement Builders. And there in Atlanta now, located, uh, is where I do most of my organizing work at. So no, that's where I think that's where I interviewed you back yes. on Zoom for the community work that you're doing. What's the name yes. of the company again? The uh, Community Movement Builders. Yeah, tell yeah, us yeah, a little yeah. bit about that. Well, Community Movement Builders is a grassroots organization that does work around organizing and what we call sustainable development for the mm -hmm. black community. Right. So we organize against the issues of gentrification, 
and organizing against police violence in our communities. Uh, we also do what we call sustainable development, which is to keep people in their communities through developing cooperatives, uh, sustainability funds, um, uh, mutual aid work, and serious, several other things beyond that, but those are the mainstays. In other words, you want to keep that community integral. In other words, you don't want the flight of the folks who have yeah. skills and to leave an unskilled community, so you try to develop the community as a well, whole. Well, not necessarily unskilled community, but what we want to do is to make sure that gentrification doesn't rip the community apart, right. and that working class and poor people have a home and a place to stay in Atlanta, because those are the folks who built Atlanta. Right. So we want to make sure that those folks have much resources as possible, not only to stay in their communities, but to fight to make sure that they have control and ownership over how their communities develop. No, yeah, I, I understand that about gentrification, but I, you know, I have, I have a thing because it always irks me a, a, a sort of way when people say we want to keep the community in a form so that poor people and middle class people and all, should we even have poor people? Well, if you didn't have a capitalist system, maybe we don't, wouldn't have poor people, uh, uh, but that's, that's, uh, that has more to do with the governmental system that we have. I would have hoped that you yeah. said that. No, good. I'm glad I said it then. I'm glad I said it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reason why is that uh, my, my, my contention is that we need to build a system that doesn't allow poverty to occur. That's correct. That's correct. And if you, uh, here, I don't know if you've been around uh, completely the, the different organizations mm -hmm. we have in Netroots, but there's this thing called uh, uni uh, universal basic income yes. that, uh, that prevents it. No, I mean, there's no reason for anybody to be poor and the fallacy that there are just a, a large percentage of people who want to go ahead and I don't know why I have this ear thing on, but the, the, the amount of people that are out there uh, in, 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 in service are not wanting to produce yeah. is a fallacy. Definitely, yeah. It, if, if you pay a, well, why am no, I interested? No, no, I, mean, you I think you're completely correct. If you pay people resources, if you make sure either they have jobs or a guaranteed way to keep themselves in their homes, uh, make sure that they can feed their kids, feed themselves, you're creating a better society. Most of the time, it's these working people themselves that create the wealth. Right. They just get screwed by elected officials and corporations and developers, basically the capitalist class, which hoards those resources and keeps it from everybody else. So we do need a new system, and that system will make sure that wealth is distributed in a way that makes sure people can survive and strive and have power over their communities as opposed to other people having power over them. I'm going to twist a little bit because mm. many, many of the same people that you would think or would want to say this particular economic system fails and it's because it's inherently unfair mm -hmm. uh, or some of the same people that would think they could make it in this system. Mm -hmm. How do we mitigate that? How do we educate against that, that behavior that has proven decade after decade, century after mm -hmm. century, that in reality, it's a failure that simply creates poverty? Yeah. All well, you have to do what you're doing. You have to propagate an alternative narrative because what you have here is a propaganda state where you have, again, this capitalist class, this economic class through our media, through our news cycles, which continually tell us that we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstrap. And if we don't do that, then somehow we failed as opposed to a system that's failed. So there's no examination of how capitalism works, how corporate uh, buybacks and givebacks work, uh, and how they leave out workers again to uh, really like share in the wealth that they create and really be, be able to have power over their lives, resources, and community. So we need to fight back against that. We need to have another narrative that does that for us. If we allow ourselves only to listen to what I would call corporate media 
and 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 establishment governments, we will always be behind a curve because that's the propaganda system that's handed to all of us to tell us how to live. I am hoping that at some time in our history, we'll understand that the wealthy can only be wealthy by, by skimming off of the works of others. Exactly. In other words, the work of others are the ones that create everything. Come on, give me a closer. Well, uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to share space with you. I think, you know, there's a rich amount of folks here who I've already seen, and it's going to be a delight to get to know people, to start to organize with them, to tell them about what's happening in Atlanta and Cop City to tell them about organizing on a grassroots level. And so it's good to be here and it's good to be on your program. It's my honor to have you. Come on. Yeah. I don't, I always say come on, come out. Come out. It's, a, yeah, yeah. Come on. it's an honor to have you on the nice show, my you. friend. I appreciate you, my Thank friend. you so kindly. All right. Peace. All right, folks. I, I hope you enjoyed Kamau. Kamau is a very hard worker in the movement, making sure that things are distributed equitably, making sure communities are functional, etc., etc., etc. Last video of the day is, uh, a, and, and, and this, I, I think Tom C is going to love this one. This is an activist from Michigan, uh, a, a guy that actually got on, to, I think he, he made it onto several news channels because he bird dog, I think it was Donald Trump, if I recall correctly, he bird dog Donald Trump in a very, very interesting way. Let's go ahead and, and get there, and then we'll take it on the other side as soon as I click that. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm here with Bruce Felk, a Michigan activist. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Hey, Bruce, where are you out of? I'm out of Rochester Hills, Michigan. Well, and wh how, what turned you into a rubber rouser that wants want to ensure that we have change in these United States of America? Well, I thought George Bush was bad. Right. And now he would be considered a raging liberal. Right. By today's standards. So I've been active since uh, George, George W. Bush was president. So George W. Bush is who really got you involved into... Yes, I thought there were so many scandals under George W. Bush. Right. I thought I couldn't take it anymore. Then we got you-know-who. Right. So, I mean, so uh, there was a trigger to your activism. Yes, the, uh, the Iraq war at that time yeah, right. was something that got me upset. But, and as you got upset, you decided to do something about it. Yeah, well, I focused first. My first focus was on our congressman at the time. Uh -huh. the Michigan was ninth, Joe Nolenberg was uh -huh. the Michigan 9th, the old, old Michigan 9th. Right. So I have, uh, we, we uh, there was a group called the Chain Gang, and they made these big paper mache heads. Right. And we had... Uh, we they would ship them. It was Bush, Rice, Rumsfeld, Rove. There were five of them. They would right. ship anywhere you need them. When Carl Rove came in for the Michigan Republicans one year, right? And so we got the Rove head, and we had a big protest. And so I contacted the guy that made the head, and I wanted one of my congressmen. Ooh. And so he made one, and I followed my congressman all over the district as he campaigned. And if you look me up, there's a video of me in our local drugstore. And uh, I wasn't with the head, but I confronted my his, his, the congressman. So you bird dog your congressman. Yeah, he went into the local drugstore, and I was asking about Iraq. And when he was, it was during the S-chip debate. Right. And then the video got shared on, I had a contact with the DCCC. Right. And they shared it with Keith Oldman, who had his show at the time. Right. It was an eight-minute segment uh -huh. of me being talked about. They didn't contact me for the interview. They just went ahead and talked about it right. and, and showed bits and pieces of right. it. And that, as, as they did that, what happened? It, uh, well, we got a full eight-minute segment. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so we... 
I had some run-ins with the congressman and his chief of staff. And in the, in the video that I shot, the, the, uh, it was after, I think it was George, Senator Allen, mm-hmm. member of Macaca, that whole thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I wanted to get a Macaca moment for my congressman. And, well, and I, I got you it. You got the Macaca <laughs> moment for your congressman. I did, yeah. But you know what? It, it, what is so important, and I'm glad that, that you're here, is I'm trying to feature a whole lot of, uh, of activists out there, people that every day, people going through lives every day and just figuring out there is a problem and standing up and doing something about it. I'm and a troublemaker. Exactly, well, <laughs> a good troublemaker. I don't call it a troublemaker. I call it you're doing what's necessary to ensure that we get what needs to be done for the for the average American citizen done. Yeah, right? well, really, because I was just, I mean, I, up until George Bush was president, I was just, I would vote all right. the time, but I wasn't anything resembling an activist I right. wasn't at all. But the Iraq war and the money that we spent and the lives that we wasted Absolutely. got me going. And it turned you into an activist. Right. Well, and, and in 2020, well, 2016, so we continued the giant paper mache theme and we had one made of a friend of mine and I right. had one made of Trump and we followed Trump all around the country to the debates. We were in Nevada and we tried to get media to point out how horrible it would be if George, if uh, Donald Trump were to become president. That was that was uh, that was right on. <laughs> and he became president. Yeah, and he's still hanging around, so I still have the head. I kept it just in case he ran again. And, well, you know what? And what is he doing again? He's running for a pardon. Well, uh, <laughs> exactly. That is, that is. you know, you, you nailed it, right? That's what he's doing, running for Absolutely. a pardon. Absolutely. He wants to pardon himself. He knows he's guilty. He's never once said he wasn't guilty of anything he's being accused of. Right. But he, he knows he needs to be president in order to keep himself out of prison. But you know, um, a lot of folks have been saying that, which is true, but there's one part that they missed. He can pardon pardon himself from a federal crime. Right. But it, for what's going on with Fannie Willis right. in Georgia, he doesn't have the option to pardon Right. Himself. So that's why the state charges are important. The too. state charges are very important to let it be known that uh, as it turns out, he really doesn't have an option. Our former president, if all things being equal, will be sent to jail, either on a state charge or a federal I'm charge. I'm not, you know, that's why I was watching MSNBC last night and I, I forgot who was wait, on. Wait, actually, it was the uh, former, it was the former, uh, not uh, the, the attorney general. Yes, Eric on. Holder was on. Eric yeah. Holder was on with him and that is what. Yeah, they, he thinks, he seems to think he might cut a deal yes, to keep out, to stay out of prison. Yes. I think he should be sent to Rikers Island or Guantanamo. I, I, I think he belongs in jail, but you Absolutely. know what it says? It turns out that unless, unless it turns out that um, maybe there's a logistic issue or some other issue, that is the only thing that could possibly save the day for him. Well, the thing he was, I don't know if you, I heard the whole interview, but he was talking about making, and I was thinking about this before I saw the show, right. is making accommodations for the Secret Service. Yeah. You know, are they going to stay in the cell with him? <laughs> that, that is, that, you, you wonder, right? Well, but he said the federal system does have, can make accommodations, yes. but the state systems may not have the facilities to, right. uh, to do that with this far, because I think, uh, frankly, I think we need to change the law. And if you're uh, if you're an indicted and convicted felon, you, you, you don't get jail. secret service and you know, and protection. The, and the other thing about it is, it doesn't matter. They can protect him. They can lock him up in a cell without any access to bread and water people. on Guantanamo. is yeah, too good for him. Exactly. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, Bruce, 
How do you say the last name again? Falk. Bruce Falk. It's been my honor. It's been my pleasure to speak to a born, a born activist. Thank you. Like your buddy. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead. Number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. Anyway, folks, I, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, as it turns out, <laughs> Eric says, Egberto is excited about Boogeyman going to jail. Not excited. I just feel like if we get if we get him to jail, it will be vindication for the entire country. That's what I truly and entirely believe. Um, anyhow, anyhow, I am going, let's see, YT4ME57. It's great to see activism of all ages and purposes at work in the United States. Yeah, yesterday I had Alish uh, Tom, Alish Tom, uh, who is a 25-year-old activist that I watched grow up from the time she was 15 years ago. Hate drives it, ego. No, we don't, we don't hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump hates America. That's what it really is about. And we don't want somebody like that guy getting away with what he got away with so far, getting away with because it ultimately hurts the country. What does it do? It ultimately hurts the country. You love to hate. No, you know what, Eric? I honestly don't hate anyone. I dislike politicians that are taking advantage of Americans, but I do hate no one and that and and you know you know better than to make a comment like that actually you know better um anyhow um folks we're at the end of the program i i want to thank you guys for all being here please remember those of you that are listening on podcasts you can absolutely support our show by going to politicsdoneright.com/support politicsdoneright.com/support those of you who want to continue supporting our trip to Chicago for NetRoops, which isn't paid for yet, uh, you can go ahead and uh, support us at politicsdoneright.com, uh, politicsdoneright.com slash NN23, politicsdoneright.com slash NN23. That will allow you, the additional videos that we make will show you as one of the producers and supporters of the video, like we show on the screen there. We would love to have you. But for those of you who just want to generally support what we do here at Politics Done Right, please remember to go to uh, politicsdoneright.com slash support. I'm going to put that into the, the chat in a minute. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. We cannot do this without you. Uh, Michael Rudnan says, Trump is just a con man who acquired political power and Trump couldn't let go when he realized he was going to lose re-election. Trump's crimes are both financial and attacks against democracy. I could not have said that any better myself. Anybody has anything else to say? 30 seconds to say what you need to say, my dear brothers and sisters. Eric Hayes says, your camera is moving. Must be your wind inside the house. 
No, it's because it's a camera on something that wasn't as sturdy. I am so sorry that I got that camera moving, but you know what? It makes you move your head a little bit. Bridge MCP says, thanks for the show. I know I know. take so much time. We work hard. Michael uh, Cisak says, Robert Davenport, I have been talking to left-wingers for over a quarter century. I know what they think and generally why they think certain things. It is all to do with limited brain development after four years of age. Hmm, okay. Um, I tell you what, you know, I... In the past, I would have said, let's read. I'm a left as left as they go. So under your theory, my mental capacity should be really deprived because of my limited brain development. Uh, you know, in another venue, I would say, would you like to do a either an IQ test, even though IQ tests are biased for Western cultures or any kind of test, Mike Cisak? Let's go your brain against my brain. You know, I'm a lefty. I'm a lefty. And if you follow the bell curve, you remember that book called The Bell Curve? I am mentally deficient. I'm mentally deprived. Let's go. You want to do a, a, a test against me, brother? You know, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, let's do it. Let's see. You are telling us that all us lefties are mentally deprived. I want. I would love to go with you, brother, and do a mental test. Are you up to it, CSAC? You want to go for it? Repeat Egberto, please read this out. Strawman arguments are typical of conservatives who don't understand their opposition. That lack of understanding breeds fear and a whole lot of irrational arguments. You nailed it. Breed says, manure, yeah, he is full of it. Mike Cisak says, I'm quoting actual psychological research, actually. And if that is a psychological research that you quoted, that alone should tell you it is flawed. And the people who authored it are likely the ones that are mentally deficient. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And thank you, Mike Cisak, for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.